Welcome to Audio Mission for May 2015. I'm Trevor Smith. We hear stories of two CMS Timothy mission partners this month. That's local mission leaders supported by CMS who follow their calling in their own part of the world. We'll travel to Paraguay and also take in some voices from the CMS Community Vision Day that kicked off the year. Hopefully, it will inspire you to get involved in the next Community Day, a day of action next month on climate change. But more on that later. First, here's Manasseh Tiazire, a CMS Timothy partner in Rwanda who heads up the youth ministry of Kigali Diocese. Over the last few years, Manasseh has built up this work from scratch, and Jeremy Woodham asked him about the vision for the youth work. The vision of our youth ministry in Kigali Diocese is about envisioning and empowering congregations to be relevant to young people in sharing the gospel. What? has been the most exciting thing for you in the last couple of years? In those years, the most exciting things was to see congregations taking ownership of the youth ministry rather than waiting for us to go and tell them what to do. We envisioned them, but we let them come up with the plans and we helped them set up youth committees Uh, We set up what you call youth unions for them to get to know their young people and to give them a space. And they supported generously towards the youth ministries, giving one Sunday, uh, giving up one Sunday offerings towards the youth ministry. And it helped the youth in their churches to feel accountable and to feel cared for. And also, Thank God for young people went out during what we call the youth weeks to build houses for the needy, to reach out to the other young people in their communities with the gospel through sports and through other events. What's been the most unusual bit of youth work? It may sound usual to you because maybe you have had youth ministry in place for such a long time, but many things seemed unusual uh, from the fact that the pastor could gather young people and talk to them, which wasn't the case because their focus, the focus of church leaders also was on adults rather than on young people. That was the most unusual thing. And uh, the other unusual things that the church came to realize that they have got potential leaders among young people, preachers, many young people started taking up responsibilities and they helped the church. I can give you an example. We worked with students and they volunteered to help other construction projects run by the church just for free. And they, they were of great support using their talents, their skills, which was an untapped resource for the ministry and the mission of the church. And what is it that really drives you personally? I think it's God's calling on my life, and uh, it's Jesus who changed my life. Uh, I count it as a privilege to serve God with all my energy, because I think that's the only thing I can give back to God for his protection and all his blessings he has put around me. I grew up in Rwanda in a Christian family. I went to church when I was young. I'd had a lot of 
sermons and one day the genocide started and the war started in Rwanda. I found myself and my family being hunted for. The life changed. We were in a war zone for three months. We went into a refugee camp for more than two years. Uh, I would never think that life could come to normal. But God blessed me with best education I was dreaming of with all the opportunities many other people needed or wished for and he gave me life and uh, through the testimony of my sister after she received Jesus Christ I thought there was more to earth than being too religious which is allowing your life to be led by Christ and to live out for him and since then he left out, he never let me down and what does it mean to be involved with CMS it means a lot to me when I was here coming from Africa I didn't have any sending organization my church where I had served where I felt God was calling me to didn't have enough resources even to sustain other workers or to carry out all the programs. Of course I had given up my job I liked as an engineer. So with being with CMS I received more more than financial support. I received another community of like minded people who really have heart formation uh, who prayed for me regularly and supported me with their finances. Manasa asks for prayer for his youth ministry in Rwanda and youth work in Africa in general. People with a calling to such ministry need good support and advice like Manasa has had. Pray for God to continue to support and guide in this way. When CMS mission partners Bishop Peter and Sally Bartlett visited CMS recently, Jeremy talked to them about the Adkin Church in Paraguay that they oversee. But Bishop Peter was keen to highlight how God is at work, calling local leaders to serve in hard places. Pastor Augustine recovered from a heart attack to go and work in the harsh Chaco environment, while Timothy mission partner Victor Gonzalez, who was originally from Rio Verde in the Chaco, was called to return there after living for a long time in the capital city, Asuncion, as Bishop Peter explains. He spoke to the minister one day and said, I, re I really feel, you know, I called to go back to the Chaco and so you know talk to him and encourage him and uh, and he's effectively working as a the lay minister in, in the church that is near the diocesan centre well previously um, a missionary was involved there but um, he's moved on and so there wasn't actually a, a, a minister there but he's picked this up and he I mean he's He's a man probably in his early 60s, but he's got a tremendous amount of energy. Just a few months ago I was visiting there and we couldn't do all that we were going to do because it rained tremendously. But I went out with him in the area around Rio Verde and um, he does a tremendous amount of visiting. He's working really hard on relating to people. And the church that... The attendance can still be quite erratic, but the church that was really struggling in many ways has actually been built up a lot, and he's running small groups and Bible studies and so on. And so, he's, to me, he's doing really effective discipleship, and um, 
doing an excellent job and he's clearly felt this call from God and responded to that which I think obviously is a key element it's not me that's insisted that he goes or just said out there that we really need people to go so kind of somebody's felt obliged to do this he's felt a call from God and he's responded to that and we're seeing the fruit of that so it is very encouraging that's great and how long has he been there? he'll be a They've been doing this now for two, maybe two and a half years. The church was struggling in many ways. And one of the issues, not just this issue, but it was certainly one of them, was that the previous missionary didn't actually speak Guarani. And a lot of these people, their first language is Guarani, whereas Victor speaks Guarani. So communication-wise, that makes life a lot easier to start with. Um, but as I say, he's, um, he's, he's spent a lot of time visiting and he's now he's now running small groups and and doing basic bible study with people but but helping to build up their faith uh, we've now got one or two people from the church involved as well in in helping to lead services and the music and so on again it's gradual it's bit by bit but you can see steady progress going on there and he works very well with um pastor agustine as well who was involved in a community not that far away and they spend time together, encourage one another. Sometimes they'll visit together. And they also relate well to um, Tim Curtis, who's involved with the translation project, who lives uh, on the same site as this um, little Dorsetson Centre that we've got. So there's various spin-offs. And they also work very well with Chris Hawksby, who's an associate mission partner, mm. uh, who's been worked in the Chaka for a long time. Mm. And so there's a team that's built up there as well, um, which involves Paraguayans and mission partners uh, and which works well together. So there's a unity there, there's a unity of purpose and we're seeing the fruits from all, all of those things. Mm. And Pastor Agustin's story sounded uh, interesting of, of yeah. how he felt a call to, to go there too. Yes. Well, uh, he's someone from Asuncion, yes, is he? Yeah, he... Um, He's worked in for the last number of years in the cathedral. And again, I think it's a really interesting story how how God can use even what seem to be really very serious, severe circumstances because kind of out of the blue, he had a serious heart attack and um, the prognosis wasn't at all good. And it really looked like, at the very least, he wouldn't be able to work again. I and mean, there was a real question as to whether he would survive very long. But uh, basically... Uh, people prayed, the church really prayed and and he was uh, miraculously restored and his heart's in a better state now than it has been for years and years and years because otherwise he wouldn't even be able to go to the Chaka because it's a demanding place to go climate wise and, uh, and so on but out of all that uh, also it, it seemed to revitalise him I remember going to visit him in the hospital um, and what really struck me was that um, the peace of God had really come on him. He, he was talking quite peacefully about, well, you know, um, I'm sure God's purposes will be worked out. And then out of that, he then uh, said to me, I feel God's spoken to me. I really would like to actually go to the Chaco and um, be involved in ministering there. And it was practically possible because he could be freed up uh, from the cathedral work. And so that's what happened. And I think it's fair to say as well that in terms of the cathedral, they'd a bit hit the buffers, really. He was, um, uh, was a bit treading water, really, run out of steam there, really. Um, but this really revitalised him, and he's got involved in a difficult situation. 
but has been able to build up the church again um, sort out the church council although there's still obviously issues that happen and again he's running small groups and encouraging people to step out and use gifts that they've got build up the church in that way and it's been most encouraging to see and it really has had a dynamic impact on his life so out of what looked like a really serious situation uh, a lot of good has come and that's a tremendous testimony how God works Give thanks for the way God is leading people like Victor and Augustine. Please pray for a new generation of leaders to emerge who can build up effective teams. Pray especially for the School of Ministry Peter and Sally are running to train lay people to be this kind of leader. The first CMS community event of 2015 was a vision day held at the end of January. Jeremy Wooden was there to capture some of the members' voices in between the main sessions. Here's his snapshot of the people he met and their opinions about being part of the CMS mission community. We apologise for the background noise, but it was lunchtime and the conversation was buzzing. Peter Hemming from Leeds uh, and chair of the Yorkshire CMS group. I mean, I was particularly keen to come when I got Philip's email back in November because it was an opportunity to come and actually see CMS in action, an opportunity to put faces to names. I think I was a, a member of CMS for a few years before you joined with Sam's. And when the 40 days of yes came out in the Lent before the sort of merger with Sam's, which I think was in 2010, I was particularly struck by the, the materials that I think, think Anita Matthews had produced and thought, well, this is, this, here's an opportunity to, to work through these steadily and think, you know, where am I called? What am I called to do? What's my vocation in 60 mark, a sort of my retirement from my previous pay job? But it coincided with the time when I was also then able to make contact with lots of other people in Leeds to sort of begin to share in the, perhaps the, the broader life of CMS. But we also have CMS mission partners from church. And I took the opportunity last year and two years before that to go out to Dar es Salaam and actually visit them. So that in addition to, as it were, becoming more involved in CMS at a local level, I was also able in retirement and with a degree of freedom to go, to actually go out to Dar and spend 10 days with the Waltons. I think it's a terrific encouragement to see what's going on in mission and then to feel that to a greater or lesser extent I'm able to help to spread the enthusiasm is not quite the right word, but to spread the the interest or spread an interest in and an enthusiasm for mission in my own local community. Hello, I'm Pat Goodchild and living in Eastbourne and I've been with CMS since the mid-1950s. Wow, that's uh, a long time. You yes. say with CMS, what's that involvement mean? That I was accepted for training and um, went to Nigeria I was unable to continue with radiography. I was a radiographer, but CMS had no work for a radiographer at that time. So I agreed to go to the Middle Belt area of Nigeria with 
Gwen Hall, a more experienced uh, mission partner, and we started up classes in the villages where nobody spoke the language outside of the, the smaller tribes area and women particularly just did not go to school. We went at the invitation of villages and there was a whole list of those waiting for Gwen and I to come and spend a month with them in their village and run two classes each day and we guarantee that if they came to two classes a day or not you know missing too many of the classes if they could avoid it um, we could have them beginning to read in their own language after three weeks were well, you not thinking hang on I'm a trained radiographer what am I doing here <laughs> yes I did I did I did there was a lot of angst about that and that to begin with they said now would you consider pastoral or evangelistic work and I said no I go as a radiographer or not at all but gradually God changed my <laughs> oh dear we've been we've been cooled summoned. back by the bell hi I'm Julie Scarf I'm your salsa sister <laughs> Anne Power I come from the Midlands I'm Alison Francis and I'm from Wimborne in Dorset Okay, I'm going to ask you to tell me the one thing that you really love about CMS and then the one thing that you really wish CMS could do. I love all the friends at CMS, that's good. I find CMS is an inspiration in my Christian life. Why is that, Anne? Because it encourages me to think about my real reason for being a Christian, which is mission. I, I love to read about and hear about people in mission in so many different places. And so using prayer lines um, is such a big inspiration and um, encouragement to me, and I like to support it. Right, what's itching at you, Julie? Come on, CMS, let's do this together. Less talk and more action. More down-to-earth things in the local area would be great. And to get more involved with minority groups. Love CMS to help me to inspire our fellow Christians. I, th- I think it's really important that we keep our links with mission partners strong and they are mutually supportive and there is plenty of communication. I think it's very difficult to keep this communication flow going. Do pray for Peter, Pat, Julie, Anne and Alison in their local and global mission work. And pray too for the forthcoming Community Days, especially June the 7th, our day of action on climate change. You can participate wherever you are. All the details on the CMS website, www.cms-uk.org forward slash SOS. This month, as Jeremy did all the interviews, he also brings us our reflection. It was great to be at the CMS Community Vision Day back in January and to meet people like Peter, Pat, Julie, Anne and Alison, to sense their enthusiasm and energy for God's mission and being part of CMS, even though it may sometimes frustrate them as well as bring joy and inspiration. It reminds me of a story from American Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber. She holds regular welcome events at her church where she tells people, this community will disappoint you. It's a matter of when, not if. 
She then invites them to decide if they will stick around after that happens, because if they don't, she says, they won't see how the grace of God can come in and fill the holes left by our community's failure. And that's just too beautiful and too real to miss. What a lovely thought. When we let the grace of God fill the cracks, we see astonishing things. Pastor Augustine in Paraguay, rescued from a near-fatal heart attack and given a new lease of life for mission in one of the harshest environments in South America. Along with our Latin Timothy partner, Victor, by the grace of God, he did not grudgingly go back to the Chaco because his bishop told him to. Rather, he embraced God's call and asked to go. And a young man like Manasseh, who has powerful words for his national church about the place and mission of young people and children. His quiet manner belying the huge amount of energy and determination that a job like this takes. Being part of the CMS community gives us the amazing privilege of being part of all that work, as well as encouraging each other to follow God's call to each of us, to join in what God is doing in the world. Because as Romans 8 tells us, all creation is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Just now, we're looking forward to the next CMS Community Day on the 7th of June, a day of action on climate change that you can take part in wherever you are. We're calling it Switch Off Sunday, and you can learn more, as Trevor mentioned, on the CMS website. Do join in, in whatever way you can, and as we take part together, we can reveal just a tiny bit more of our true identity as children of God. Jeremy Woodham from the CMS Communications team, rounding up this month's audio mission. Join us next time for more global and local voices from the world of mission.